Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, it is our mission to shield the middle class from the costs and challenges of getting older. If you have heard this show before and you found it helpful, keep in mind, you can listen to previous episodes of this show. You go to whp580.com and use the menu in the upper left to find podcasts. There you will find the Later in Life Planning Show. If you have a phone, and I'm guessing you do, you can download the iHeart app or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, and all of the episodes of this show will be available there. Leave us a rating if it's helpful. We really appreciate that. That will find help other people, I should say, to find this show. And if you're looking for free education on planning for the later years of life and how to protect your savings from predictable, often expensive threats, go to KeystoneElderLaw.com and register using the Workshops tab for an upcoming online workshop. I do these every week. The workshops give you a full picture of later-in-life planning, the estate planning, the long-term care planning, and so forth. People who listen to this show regularly or participate in one of my free workshops know that I'm talking about government rulebooks. There are government rulebooks that direct how your decisions can be made uh, if, if, you're, if you become incapacitated. There's a government rulebook that talks about how long-term care is paid for. There's a government rulebook for how the property of a deceased person can be protected and distributed to the right people in the right way. So I talk about these government rulebooks all the time without directly addressing them. I'm telling you what you need to do, but it's because we have to follow these rulebooks. What I haven't talked much about in this show is who in the government is making the rulebooks that that uh, affect our lives directly. And, you know, they say... You don't want to know how the laws are made any more than you want to know how sausage is made. It it can be an ugly process. But knowing what government entities are making decisions that profoundly affect your later years of life can help you to navigate the government rulebooks more easily. And more importantly, it, it makes you a more informed citizen and a more informed voter. And here we are, days before Election Day. Do you know what you're voting for? When you see those names on the ballot, do you know what you're even voting for? To shed some light on how the government works for adults in the second half of life, I am thrilled to have today as a guest someone I've known for three decades. She has dedicated her entire career to public service and has developed an extensive understanding of our state, how, how our state government operates. Her name is Megan Martin. And she also happens to be a candidate on your ballot in a few days. She's running for a seat on the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania, which, in my experience, is a court that very few voters really understand. You're going to learn a lot more about the Commonwealth Court and how the government works for you today during my conversation with Megan Martin. Megan, thank you for being here on the Later in Life Planning Show. Patrick, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. 
Well, I've, you know, I've seen you in action as a government attorney for many years. I know what extensive experience you've had. You've worked in, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, all three branches of state government as well as being a civilian attorney for the U.S. Navy. So that's a lot of perspectives on how the government works. But talk a little bit about that. What, what is your past experience? So you can back up what I'm saying that, that you really know what you're talking about when it comes to how the government works for people in the later years of life. Absolutely, Patrick. I'm happy to give you a little bit of a background on me and to give your listeners, more importantly, the background on me. I'd like to say that I've had a one-of-a-kind legal career. I'm the only attorney I know who has served in all three branches of our state government, and I had the honor of my career serving as an attorney for the United States Navy. At the Navy, I was a civilian lawyer. I was part of a five-person civilian legal team, and we provided legal services to about 2,600 Navy and civilian personnel on the Mechanicsburg Navy base right here in central Pennsylvania. And at the Navy, I was a litigator, and I was a transactional lawyer. So on the litigation side, I litigated complex contracts uh, disputes, as well as civilian personnel matters, which is uh, labor and employment law. Uh, And then on the contracting side, most of my contracts were large dollar value procurements for defense weapons systems. So if there's any Navy veterans out there listening, the CWIS was my project, and that was, at the time, a quarter of a billion dollar contract for the Navy, and I believe at the time it was the Navy's largest such contract, and I was the only lawyer on the contracting team for that. So I'm really proud that I got to play a small part in keeping our sailors safe, which in turn keeps all of us safe uh, here in America and abroad, and uh, I would say serving as a civilian lawyer from the Navy really was a highlight in my legal career in terms of doing meaningful work that was incredibly impactful and important work and serving all those men and women who are so selflessly serving each and every one of us. I can imagine. And that's that's putting into perspective that you've uh, you consider that to, to be a singular honor when you've really worked on the front lines of a lot of, in my opinion, high level influential government uh, decision making. And as far as the three branches in Pennsylvania, you got your start right out of law school working in the judiciary. I did. I clerked for a judge in Lancaster County, a family law judge. I thought I was going to practice family law for my whole career. And so I worked for a family law judge and I had a wonderful experience. He was a true mentor to me. And what I would say is my experience with uh, Judge Hummer really laid the foundation for the lawyer that I am today because I saw firsthand how a judge fairly administers justice for all. I learned firsthand the importance of the independence of our judiciary, and I saw firsthand how a judge makes decisions based upon the law. And my very first opinion that I wrote for the judge, he handed me the file and said, go write the opinion. And I said, well, you know, judge, how do you want me to decide this case? And he said, well, I want you to read both sides of the argument and go read the law. And you decided how you think it should be decided. And if I disagree with you, I'm going to make you rewrite it. And that was an incredible amount of responsibility and autonomy for somebody fresh out of law school. And so I went back, I did what he said, and I wrote my opinion. And he never reversed that opinion or any other one that I wrote because I always followed the law. So I really learned the importance from day one, starting my legal career of the importance and the independence, I would say, of our judiciary. Uh, in, in addition to that, I've had the honor of serving in the administrations of two of Pennsylvania's governors. I served in the administration of Governor Tom Ridge and Governor Tom Corbett. Uh, in particular, in the Ridge administration, I really learned how Pennsylvania state government operates from the top down. Uh, there are very, very few people who really have the insight and understanding of our Pennsylvania state government that I do, uh, I would say, because my my work there was so unique and so special. I worked actually in the Capitol building in the governor's suite, room 225, main Capitol. And so 
for the four years that I served there, I worked side by side with the governor's top lawyer. Uh, he was called the general counsel. And I really learned the legal issues, the policy issues, the regulatory issues, and the operational issues of our Pennsylvania state government. And like I said, I think there are very few people who have that kind of understanding of an insight into our Pennsylvania state government. And then in addition to all those types of issues, I also understand the legislative issues and the legislative process because I was the parliamentarian in the Pennsylvania State Senate for 10 and a half years. And um, I served in the Senate from 2012 to 2022. I actually resigned my position with the Senate so that I could run full time for the Commonwealth Court. And even that, the selection for that, it, both Democrats and Republicans had to get together and agree that that you would be the secretary and parliamentarian of the Senate. Absolutely. It, it was a job. Being the parliamentarian was a job that I would say is very similar to being a judge because I had to check my politics at the doors of the Pennsylvania Capitol and fairly and impartially manage the legislative process for the Senate. I always kept our Constitution as my North Star. And to get and keep that job, I had to get elected by the senators. And I'm proud to say that I was unanimously elected five times. So I have a 10-year track record of acting fairly, impartially, and in a nonpartisan manner that I can bring to the Commonwealth Court from day one. So I think that's incredibly important. And that's something that's pretty impre- impressive because that's an environment, more and more so in my my experience, that can get testy along party lines. And it's pretty easy to do something, say something that can be taken the wrong way by the other team, whatever the other team may be. And the fact that unanimously Democrats and Republicans got together and said, no, you're the person who we want up there because there's a rule book for that, too. It's the, there's a there's a set of procedures for how questions come up, how they are debated, how they are uh, brought to a vote. And there are, of course, scuffles, not physically, of course, but uh, I hope, <laughs> but but scuffles over, you know, or is this question properly before us? And there you were up at the the front of the Senate chamber you know, guiding the process. No, these are the rules. And I I think you're absolutely right. So all of this from, and I wanted to drive home, there are hundreds of lawyers working in even just the agencies under the governor's jurisdiction. But there's something that we all know is the inner sanctum, where it's called the Office of General Counsel. And you not only oversee the work of all those those attorneys out there, but you're right there with the governor. I mean, you there's it's hard to find better experience understanding how government works than working in the inner sanctum for the governor and standing at the front of the room in the Senate and and uh, keeping order in what can otherwise be, if you let them, a chaotic process. So this is great background. And when we come back from a break, Megan, I'd like to go into uh, a, a brief description of the Commonwealth Court. And then let's talk about if people want to be more active and get their voice heard to monitor legislation that's out there that might affect them in the later years of life, let's go through that and give people a little flavor of how government is available to them, what it, what's going on, who are the people, and then they, can, they will be more empowered to take action. Uh, but we'll come back after a break and we'll talk a little bit more with Megan Martin, highly experienced government attorney running for a specialized court dealing with the government, the Commonwealth Court. Her website is MeganMartin4PA.com. More with Megan in a moment. You're listening to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm your host, Patrick Cawley, and my guest today is Megan Martin, highly experienced government attorney, here to discuss 
the ways in which government works for people in the later years of life. And she also happens to be a candidate for a specialized court involving government decisions called the Commonwealth Court. Her website is MeganMartin4PA.com. That's F-O-R-P-A, not the number four. MeganMartin4PA.com. She'll be on your ballot in a few days on Election Day. So, Megan, before the break, you were talking about this incredible and really unparalleled. I mean, I, I don't know anybody else with, with experience in all of these branches of government. Um, frankly, a lot of people who get this kind of experience decide they can go off and make a lot of money, and they do that. Uh, but you did not. You stayed uh, in in this public service. I know from my own experience, there's really, when you're working at that level, there's no such thing as the stereotypical nine-to-five government job. It's it's pressure. There's, there's long hours. Uh, the legislature doesn't shut down at five, so you can go home. It's sometimes very late hours there. But so you, you, you described all this experience, and you're running for a court that uh, is pretty unique in Pennsylvania. It's It's been around since 1970, uh, but it was created for a specialized purpose. Give us a brief rundown of what Commonwealth Court is. Patrick, I'm very happy to do that because our Pennsylvania Commonwealth Court is really a gem. It's a very special and a very unique, truly one-of-a-kind court. It only hears government cases, so it hears local government cases, and it hears state government cases, and there is no other court in the whole country like it. So it truly is a -a one-of-a-kind court, and I appreciate you uh, complimenting me on my experience because I believe I have the -the one-of-a-kind experience for the -the one-of-a-kind Commonwealth Court. And the Commonwealth Court, I like to tell people when I'm out on the road traveling this beautiful Commonwealth that the Commonwealth Court is the court that's connected to the basic necessities of the lives of every single person all across our great Commonwealth. When you wake up in the morning and you turn on your lights or you turn on your faucet, if you have a utility issue, the Commonwealth Court is going to resolve it. When you take your children or your grandchildren to school, if you have an education issue, if you have a school board issue, the Commonwealth Court is going to resolve it. When you step into the voting booth, if you have an election issue, Commonwealth Court is going to resolve it. If you own a business, if you own a farm, if you have a zoning issue, if you have a government contracts issue, my goodness, if you have a workers' compensation issue, if you have an unemployment compensation claim issue, all of those issues and more are heard by our Commonwealth Court. So it's truly a specialized court. It's a very important and impactful court on the lives of all the 13 million people all across Pennsylvania. Right. I, I totally agree with that because, of course, you know, if people get a summons for jury duty, they're going to the county court of common pleas. Those are all over the count, all over the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If there's an appeal in a criminal case, in a family, maybe a child uh, custody dispute, that's going to the other middle-level appellate court that we have. That's going to the superior court. And and I, I the way I see it is if if a criminal case goes one way, the, the court decides it, that of course affects that criminal defendant one way or the other, and it might down the line, uh, down the line affect a few other criminal defendants. But a all it takes is one decision from the Commonwealth Court on a utility issue or an environmental issue or, you know, close near and dear to my heart with this show, uh, tax issues affecting an estate or uh, how long-term care is paid for through the Medicaid program. And now you're affecting tens of thousands of people instantly across the, 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 the state. So Commonwealth Court is government-involved uh, cases, and that will instantly affect all kinds of people. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think you, you've said it purpose uh, per- perfectly. And 
Uh, I think that it's really important for people to understand uh, what you said earlier. You know, what are they going to be electing uh, this fall? You know, judicial races are incredibly important, and I think it's really important to have a judge on the Commonwealth Court who understands our government. And that's why I picked the Commonwealth Court to run for. I know government. I've spent three decades uh, of my entire career learning our government, working in our government, and understanding the issues. And I think that that's an incredibly important. Uh, understanding that I can bring that will add immediate value to the Commonwealth Court. And and let's draw on some of that experience to give people an idea when they go to uh, to vote in a few days, they're not just voting for Commonwealth Court. Of course, your name appears there and, and they, they can draw conclusions from all of your insights in this show. It, but, but there's going to be other people they're voting for. And I want them to know, since this is the Later in Life Planning Show, how government is working on issues that affect people in the second half of life. So let's talk about the legislature. You you stood up there at the at the front of the room, uh, you know, keeping law and order in in the chamber of the Pennsylvania Senate. So you're very familiar with the process from somebody's idea to binding law that affects everybody in Pennsylvania. So maybe let's start with uh, if somebody out there is listening and they want to either get an idea they've had into the mix in the Pennsylvania legislature, or they want to monitor their state representative, their state senator, where are you on this position? How do, how do the ideas come from for legislation? Uh, sure, Patrick. Um, the legislative process is an amazing process, and I was really privileged to be playing such an important part of that process for more than a decade. And um, I, I was incredibly um, I'd say honored to see all of the people across Pennsylvania who participate in the, in the legislative process. If somebody thinks they have a great idea for a bill, they should reach out to their state senator or to their uh, House of Representatives member. They can uh, go on their websites, and, and there's actually a way that you can plug in based on your address, and it will tell you who your state senator is and who your state uh, representative is. And then you can email them directly. You can say, I have a great idea. Uh, you can also reach out, for example, if you're a veteran, go to your local VFW and talk to folks there and see if they have, you know, if they share in your idea, if they have a contact uh, in, in the legislature, somebody who they deal with on a regular basis. Because uh, as you can imagine, when I worked at the Senate, more than 2,000 bills crossed my desk every session. And so uh, every senator couldn't possibly read every single bill or be on uh, uh, the committee that that viewed every single bill. So the, the process was broken down into committees by subject matter. And so, for example, there's a transportation committee, there's an aging committee, there's health and welfare committees, there's all sorts of committees. There's the judiciary committee, which really impact people in, in terms of, for your show, in the planning for the later stages of life. And so those committee members are subject matter experts on the issues that come before them, the bills that come before them in those committees. And so you can go to the website again and you can find out who the, the members are of those particular committees and you can reach out to them directly with your ideas or with your questions. And all of the senators and all the state representatives have constituent outreach uh, staff members who help them, who they, their job is to take your calls, to take the calls from their constituents, people who have questions or suggestions. And it, it's a wonderful way for the people of Pennsylvania to be an active part of their government by reaching out with their good ideas. And if a bill actually does get drafted and start to work its way through the process, they can monitor it through the websites. They can monitor it through their, their relationships that they're building with the various senators and representatives' offices. It's really, it's a very uh, iterative process, and it's a, and I think it's a wonderful way for people to be civically engaged if they're really, if there's an issue to them that is truly near and dear to their heart and very important, 
there are ways now with all this modern technology, especially through the websites, that you can really track and see where bill, bills are going. And you can have an impact if, if in terms of reaching out yourself and getting people around you, you building coalitions of support for different bills. You know, if people want to be grassroots and want to take that initiative, definitely the legislative process, you know, is is welcoming of that. It, that was my experience as well. Of course, you and I were working in the, the Senate at, at some of the same years, uh, and I might be biased, but I, I was the counsel to the Senate Judiciary Committee, and I think that's where the most fascinating issues go, but especially for the rule books on estate planning, administering the estate of a deceased person, even criminal justice issues where an older adult might be a victim. And, you know, we do have some local members. Uh, Representative Rob Kaufman from Franklin County is on the House Judiciary Committee, as is Representative Kate Clunk of York County, Representative Torin Ecker of Adams and Cumberland County. Over in the Senate, we have Senator Mike Regan of York County on the Judiciary Committee. And they're looking at things like guardianship for incapacitated persons, you know, whether that person should have an attorney assigned to them. They're looking at making it easier to 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 settle the estate of someone who passes away. Uh, it make let's let's make the the whole procedure more streamlined, especially if there's not a lot of money. Uh, they're looking at issues like physicians' orders for life sustaining treatment, which is quality of life. If maybe you're in a, an end stage condition, um, maybe a little more controversial, uh, definitely more controversial. Something called medical aid and dying. You may have heard it as physician-assisted suicide. These are the kinds of issues that come up in the Judiciary Committee. And there are other committees. As you mentioned, Megan, there's the, in the House, they call it Aging and Older Adult Services. Our own uh, Patty Kim from Dauphin County uh, is the chair of that committee and Aging and Youth in the Senate. Uh, but lots of interesting issues. And I think you're right. They want to hear from people. They want to, they keep track of phone calls and emails. And where are people on this? Absolutely. And it's really a way for the people of Pennsylvania to have a voice. Of course, the most important way is through your vote, but you can have a really direct impact and and an incredible voice if you establish a relationship with your local representative or representatives on issues that are important to you. Right. And And I've seen people, just regular people out there who had something happen, they brought it to the attention of their state representative or state senator, and they develop really binding relationships, long-lasting relationships where they become the heroes uh, who bring a great idea that to all of Pennsylvania. But more on this and a conversation with Megan Martin, her website, MeganMartinForPA.com. We'll be back in a moment for more with the uh, Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. I'm speaking today on the Later in Life Planning Show with Megan Martin, a highly experienced government attorney, to give a little bit of insight into the way government is working for people in the later years of life, how government is even organized to accomplish ideas that will improve life for, for people in the second half of life. Uh, Megan also happens to be a candidate. You will see her name on the ballot in a few days on Election Day. Megan Martin is running for Commonwealth Court. Her website is MeganMartinForPA.com. And before the break, uh, Megan, we were talking about you know the, the Senate, the House of Representatives, how ideas 
that that might be extremely important for the lives of older Pennsylvanians would make its way through a process. It would be however the idea is presented to the legislative, uh, the, the representative or the senator, um, you know, and they welcome ideas from the public. But it will be referred to a committee of people who hear nothing but that subject matter before it goes to the whole body for for a vote. Now, ultimately, there are challenges to legislation. So whether one organization feels like this is uh, this violates people's rights, this, um, you know, we just don't we think this is bad policy, whatever there's motivating them, there are individuals and organizations who have an avenue to challenge legislation that made it through both the Senate, the House and was signed by the governor. And that's Commonwealth Court. Tell me about how cases are, or you know, what comes up when a case is challenged in Commonwealth Court. Sure, Patrick. I'm I'm happy to do that and to give your listeners a little bit of an education on the legislative process. So, if somebody um, thinks that a bill has not been passed properly, then they can challenge that uh, process to our Commonwealth Court. And when I say passed properly, our Pennsylvania Constitution sets forth certain requirements that all bills have to meet before they can be. Uh, passed. And for example, bills can only contain one subject. It's called the single subject rule. And there are limited exceptions, but by and large, bills must contain only one subject. And so that is oftentimes uh, the subject of litigation in a Commonwealth court and certainly uh, appealable to our, our Supreme Court for the ultimate determination if the parties uh, so choose. But many times, a, a lot of appeals are, are final in the Commonwealth Court. So it's incredibly important, the decision coming out of the Commonwealth Court. And the idea there is, I think this this is more rampant in, in Congress, in D.C., which might explain why they don't get much done. But what they do is they'll, you know, so for example, if somebody in Pennsylvania introduced a bill uh, making it easier to do estate planning or uh, to ease the burden of long-term care costs. And then it got lit up like a Christmas tree with all kinds of amendments about highway projects in one person's district or, you know, a building a prison in another person's district. That would be a violation of the single subject rule. That's correct. And Single subject means single subject. I'm kind of a strict constructionist when I look at the words, the plain meaning of the words. You know, single subject means single subject. And so that's a great example for your listeners. Sure. And then some other ones. It's And, and the whole point here is we want to be very deliberative. We want to give this idea all of its due consideration and it rises and falls on its merits. Um, and I'm not going to vote for something I don't like just because my amendment got on there that deals with something completely different. We want every idea to have have its own consideration. And there's also a number of days that it has to be considered in the legislature. That's correct. The Constitution requires that each bill be considered separately on three separate days. And I think that that provision is in there, as you, you indicated earlier, to make it a very deliberative process. And it doesn't rush the process. If you have three days in the Senate, three days in the House, that gives time for amendments to be offered, for uh, people to read the bill, for hearings to be held, for you know, for all sorts of kind of due diligence before a bill makes it through the process on its way to the governor's desk. And so, you know, those are just two examples in our Constitution of you know, legal requirements that have to be met, and they are certainly things that uh, people have in the past used as grounds to challenge the the legislation. Right, the procedure by which it was uh, it was passed, and so in a sense, as a Commonwealth Court judge, you're going to be reprising your role as parliamentarian <laughs> of the Senate. I mean, it's this you're following the same rule book, and and you know those rules very well. Yes, and, and I'm excited to do that. I think that I will, if I'm not mistaken, I'll be the first legislative parliamentarian in the history of Pennsylvania to become 
uh, a judge, and in particular on the Commonwealth Court, which really uh, is the court that that reviews all of those processes. Absolutely, so it's a perfect fit. So, in, in Commonwealth Court also hears uh, challenges to actions taken by the executive branch agencies. Now, you worked for two different governors in the inner sanctum, so you're very, very familiar with uh, executive branch agencies. So, under the governor's jurisdiction, the ones that I'm most often talking about on this show would be the Department of Human Services, which administers the Medicaid program for nursing home care, uh, maybe the Department of Health, because they regulate the, the nursing homes and assisted living personal care uh, to ensure high-quality care. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other agencies that people might not be aware of that have an impact on on older Pennsylvanians. Certainly. The Pennsylvania Treasury, uh, our, our treasurer, Stacey Garrity, has a wonderful program, the Unclaimed Property Program. So if you have ever had a refund coming to you from any kind of source and you didn't get it, that business is required to submit it to the Treasury Department. So you can actually go on to the treasurer's website and look for the unclaimed property button and see uh, by punching in your name or a family member's name if you are entitled to some money. I know she also has medals from our veterans uh, dating back decades. And so um, she has just a a vault filled with items for Pennsylvanians. So um, it's a wonderful program. It's a wonderful way that you can see if you have any money owed to you, like I said, or any medals, something like that of such value that belongs to a loved one you know, I would highly encourage folks to uh, take a look at that program and, and see if if there's anything out there for them. Yeah, and I find the uh, the website if you if you can just Google uh, Pennsylvania Treasury unclaimed property, it's a very uh, easy to use website, and I do, I do that for clients at Keystone Elder Law all the time. Just and then it makes their day because they didn't weren't expecting any money, but it's their money, and it's just being held by the Treasury Department. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure you're already familiar, Patrick, but maybe your listeners are not. You know, PennDOT offers an incredible amount of services for all Pennsylvanians, but in particular for our older Pennsylvanians and for our our Pennsylvanians who uh, might have mobility issues because you can get uh, handicap placards for parking through PennDOT. You can also have assistance with transportation if you can't drive anymore. Um, And you can obtain a senior citizen transit identification card and ride public transportation for free if you're 65 or older. So I think that's uh, incredible, a wonderful benefit to uh, people of that vintage. There's also uh, the shared ride program, which involves curb-to-curb transportation if you are 65 or older. Uh, And thanks to the Pennsylvania Lottery, the senior citizen only has to pay 15% of the fare, and the rest is paid for by the share ride program. So it's a wonderful program that is out there offered for uh, our seniors all across Pennsylvania. Yeah, I and I hear this all the time, you know, what what do I do when I my driver's license is taken away or I don't feel safe driving, but I have to get to doctor's appointments. I, you know, I want to be able to interact with people. That's what keeps people I think vibrant and thriving uh, in the later years of life. Uh, so PennDOT has arranged for a lot of whether you're in an urban or a rural area, they have arranged for these various programs. Um, and you can go to PennDOT's website. They use dmv.pa.gov, but uh, it's PennDOT and, and that you can find all of these services that help with transportation. So there's, and I think one other obvious one is uh, the Department of Aging. Um, that, that also comes up an awful lot in, in conversations I have, but they have a number of of programs going on there as well. Did you want to touch on some of those programs? Sure, sure. There's the Caregiver Support Program, 
Uh, and this is really a wonderful program that helps family caregivers, uh, and it reimburses costs for them. The amount of the reimbursement will depend on the financial resources of the person receiving the care. But again, it's a wonderful way uh, to help out uh, those caregivers who are playing such an important role in, in the lives of their, of their loved ones. Uh, there's also an options program, and this includes adult day services. Uh, it, it includes care management services to ensure that an older adult's needs are being met. Uh, and it also uh, has a component of meal delivery to a person's home. So, so folks are getting you know, nutritious, high-quality meals uh, as well. There's also Medicare counseling. Choosing the right medical Medicare plan rather uh, is really important, and it can be very confusing and uh, very complicated. And this is a, a counseling service that is offered to make such difficult decisions and, and complex, important decisions um, easier on our Pennsylvanians. And finally, there's the Pennsylvania Prescription Assistance Programs. There's PACE and there's PACENET, and these are low-cost prescription medica- uh, medication programs for qualified individuals in Pennsylvania who are 65 and older. And again, it's a wonderful program uh, because we all know how expensive our medicines are. Oh, it's it's one of the, the biggest stresses for, for people. I mean, what is, if short of like, am I gonna run out of money, uh, how am I going to afford the medications I need to live? Uh, these are these are the stresses that come up, and and the Department of Aging does wonderful work, and most of it is through the counties. They they have sort of as their extensions around the state. They're called area agencies on aging, um, and and so even through your own county website, uh, you can find a lot of these services. But this the, this is the the executive branch. This is the legislative branch. This is how people can access what government is doing for them. How they can be a more informed voter. Um, it, you know, ask even in the legislative side. I think there should be a program on the executive side. Well, it has to be authorized by legislation. So you have to start that idea through the process you already went through. But we're going to talk more with Megan Martin, a highly experienced government attorney, talking about issues affecting the later years of life in government. Also a candidate for Commonwealth Court, her website, MeganMartinForPA.com. More with Megan Martin, candidate for Commonwealth Court, in a moment. We'll come back from a break. This is the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, your host, Patrick Colley. I have been speaking today with Megan Martin, a candidate for Commonwealth Court. Her name will be on your ballot here in a few days on Election Day. Her website is MeganMartinForPA.com. Megan is a highly experienced government attorney, and I wanted to give her perspective on everything I talk about in all of the other episodes of this show when I'm talking about how you do planning for the later years of life. When I do uh, regular weekly workshops for free for people uh, through the workshops tab at keystoneelderlaw.com, they're, they're hearing what they need to do without me harping on the fact that these this is all laid out by government rule books. So what we've been talking about today is how those rule books are made in the legislature and how you can express your opinions, your concerns, your questions to the people making it all happen how it is then carried out by the executive branch agencies, and how any disputes about any of this goes to a very specialized court in Pennsylvania called the Commonwealth Court. So now you have a little bit more understanding of who should be on the Commonwealth Court. You know, you want somebody who understands the legislative process and how the the, the state agencies work. So, Megan, you know, you've had all this experience, three decades working in government. 
what made you want to, I mean, because it's not like when you're a government attorney, I was one for 17 years. It's not like you're, you're out there, you know, involved in politics, you're doing the government's work, but it's kind of like you're in your own office and you happen to be working on all these exciting issues, but nobody knows who you are. What made you want to step out into the public light and run for Commonwealth Court? That's a great question, Patrick, because as you know, I am not a politician. Um, I think, Patrick, that anybody who knows me, including you, uh, knows that I truly believe that public service is a calling. And you know it in your heart when you've been called to public service. And for me, it's always been important to do work that I find meaningful. And everybody finds meaning in their work in different ways. But for me, it's been uh, providing legal services that impacts the lives of the people in Pennsylvania and the men and women who serve in our Navy. And so for me, uh, I've always wanted to do work that was impactful and meaningful. And I feel like I'm again being called to serve and this time to serve as a judge on our Commonwealth Court. And I think that really my one-of-a-kind experience is what makes me so perfectly suited for the court and what made me choose the Commonwealth Court to run for because I'm not a politician. I'm just a wife and a mom and a lawyer. And I took a big leap of faith in November and I quit my job to run for the court because we need good judges. And I have three great kids and I think they deserve to have the very best in our judges. And that's what the people of Pennsylvania are going to get from me. And I think that I have really one-of-a-kind experience for the court plus the, the right mindset for the court in terms of my fairness, fairness and impartiality that we discussed. I was unanimously elected five times at the Senate for my role as the parliamentarian. And so I think it's incredibly important to have a judge who understands their role. And I think that having served in all three branches of our state government, I have a, a very deep respect for and appreciation of separation of powers and the very different but important roles of each of our branches of government. And in order to get this position, you have to travel all over Pennsylvania. I, you know, and we're days away from Election Day. I, I imagine you've got to be maybe ready for a nap. I don't know. I, I, I would. Uh, but but how has that been, going all over Pennsylvania to, to talk to people about this this court, what it does? I mean, you probably had to educate people a lot about that's what this court does. But what's it been like? Patrick, I'm enjoying every moment of this. I can honestly tell you, as somebody who is not a politician, who's never run for public office before, it's a privilege to be part of this process. I am working so hard, but it doesn't feel like work because I'm enjoying it. I'm traveling 5,000 miles every month. I visited wow. all, all 67 <laughs> counties uh, before the primary. And since the primary, since May 16th, I have visited 66 of our 67 counties. I'm going to hit my 67th county in just a couple days here. But I'm traveling from corner to corner of the Commonwealth because I said from day one that if I was going to earn the votes of the people, I felt that I should do that by going to their communities and reaching out and talking to them and working hard to earn their votes. And I'm doing just that. And I love talking to the folks across Pennsylvania. I'm learning so much. I think that an important component of being a good judge is listening to people and hearing them out. And and I'm doing that all across the state every single day as I'm interacting with the great people of Pennsylvania. And I'm, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I would have never gotten to do the things that I've done and meet the people that I've met and seen the places that I have seen if it had not been for me participating in this process. For example, two weeks ago, I had lunch with a 100-year-old uh, World War II veteran. And the man, he's a hero. And he's a gentle man and a good man and an American hero. And, and I got to sit down and have lunch with him and hear his stories. And uh, hear all about his life. And, and it's a privilege. And when on earth would I have ever gotten to do uh, something like that had I not decided to to embark on this journey? And I've seen the natural beauty of Pennsylvania. I've seen the Grand Canyon. Um, I've seen the Kinsua Bridge. 
uh, and the dam there. And I went to uh, the Flight 93 Memorial. And I did that just as a personal um, visit. It wasn't a campaign stop, but um, I'd always wanted to go. And, and we were in that area, and so I wanted to go check it out. So I, I've just been privileged to, to really enjoy the natural beauty of Pennsylvania and enjoy the people as I'm meeting them, you know, the people in the Southeast and people up in Erie, the people in the Southwest and the center up in the Northeast. I mean, Pennsylvania is just, you know, a wonderful state, a wonderful Commonwealth. And and I've had the opportunity to talk to people in all four corners and all around the Commonwealth. And it's a privilege. It it is truly uh, unlike anything I've ever done before. Uh, I've always known government, but I've never been a, a politician and so uh, it's been uh, very educational for me. I, I never knew how many people it takes to help candidates get across the finish line, how many people pour their blood, sweat, and tears and their time, talent, and treasure into candidates that they believe in. And, and it's humbling. And it's an honor to be part of this process. And I'm working so hard because all the people who supported me in May, they deserve my very best. And that's what I'm giving them. And so, you know, I couldn't be happier to be part of this process. I feel like it's just, it's been a blessing and a privilege. And I'm working my hardest trying to get to the finish line uh, first on November 7th. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> you have to make it that far, right? And, and your your passion for this is really noticeable. And you know, I know what you're you're meaning uh, when when you're in the you know the role of a government attorney. It really is just you and a stack of paper and a lot of hours getting the work right. And you know, in the abstract, that it's affecting a lot of people. But you're describing going out and seeing those people face to face. And I had that experience when I left the Senate and and I'm with Keystone Elder Law and I'm seeing people come in. And now all those that little change of a word here or a word there that I wrote into Pennsylvania law. Now I'm seeing this is real life. This is so important to these people. And you've seen the people from Erie to Philly, from Scranton to Greene County. I mean, these are very different ways of life. And and uh, but when you see the real people, the impact of the work you're doing every day behind closed doors, nobody knows who you are. It becomes so real. Absolutely. And um, again, I feel like it's a privilege. And uh, when I used to work, for example, for Governor Ridge, I used to say, yeah, I'm working for 12 million Pennsylvanians. At the time, it was 12. Uh, 12 million Pennsylvanians, even though they had no idea I was working hard for them. Exactly. But I was working hard to improve their lives. But like you said, now I get to talk to people and I, and I tell them, you know, I, I'm going to be a candidate that, that's going to be good for all the people of Pennsylvania. And, and, I'm, and I'm giving them something positive to look forward to. And I think that's really important. And they're excited to talk to me and, and give me their opinions. And, and I appreciate that. And so it, it's really, it's been a wonderful, wonderful process. Right. And I can imagine you, you know, back in chambers at Commonwealth Court, agonizing over decisions and, you know, maybe working with the law clerk the way that, that uh, the judge in Lancaster County worked with you. Like you take your stab at this, but it better follow exactly what the law is. There's no allowing emotions to come into this, there's too much riding on it on both sides of the case and all the people who will be impacted by the decision. So knowing you as I do, I didn't mean to that as anything but but a positive that oh, you, you, you will agonize over those <laughs> cases and and uh, get the wording exactly right in the decisions. Absolutely, because words matter and I will absolutely get it right. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I remember fondly, you know, going back decades and we were both running the streets of Harrisburg as government attorneys. And, and um, you know, it, 
I remember one story in particular where, I mean, you were right there in the governor's office and and you were laughing after work one day because you said, well, Tom Ridge, of all people, nationally known, first secretary of Homeland Security, he came out of his office and you had just put some pretzels in your mouth. And you said, <laughs> I felt so dumb. But he smiled and said, hey, Megan. And he just kept going about his day. But it's like people think that I think they have one picture of what, what government service is all about. And in my experience, there is no nine to five. I mean, maybe for some people there is, but not when you're a government lawyer at that level, not nine to five, you are right next to very influential people and helping them get their job right. And now you're running to be one of those influential people. And I, I have to think if a law clerk stuffed a bunch of pretzels in their mouth, you'd be okay with that. <laughs> I certainly would. <laughs> I'll never forget where I came from. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right. So this has been a conversation with Megan Martin, hopefully giving you a little bit of a window into the way Pennsylvania government works for uh, the people who are in the later years of life, the ways that you can engage in your government, uh, especially in the legislative branch. They are looking for your input. They want to know your story um, and how then you might take the services of the executive branch agencies. Megan is running for a specialized court that oversees all of this. All of the government decisions go to the Commonwealth Court. So, Megan Martin, I wish you the best on Election Day, and I thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's been a wonderful opportunity. Join me next week for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580.